Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Louis Cameron, speaking to you after Australia romped to a nine-wicket win at the Gabba to go 1-0 up over England in the Ashes series. England's hopes had rested on the shoulders of Joe Root and David Milan this morning, but when Nathan Lyon got Milan out for his long-awaited 400th test wicket, well, it was easy pickings from there. Cameron Green got the big scalp of Joe Root as the visitors lost 8 for 74 in their second innings to be all out by lunch. Needing just 20 runs to win, Alex Carey, filling in for David Warner, still nursing a rib injury, was the only wicket to fall as Marcus Harris hit the winning runs with a day and a half to spare. A short time ago, I spoke to Ricky Ponding to wrap it all up. Well, his first ball disappears out to the boundary for four and Australia take the opening test in the Ashes in emphatic style. Um, Ricky, thanks for joining us after a big Aussie win, nine-wicket win, one that might have looked like it could have gone either way uh, when we spoke to you yesterday. How well did, did Australia play to, to win that today? Almost flawless cricket they played today. Um, it was a really important day for, for the team. It was an important day for, for Pat and his first Test match as captain. Um, you know... I know the momentum had sort of shifted a little bit back in England's favour yesterday on the back of a great partnership, but you know coming to the ground today, still 50 odd run, runs behind in a Test match. That's so still a long way back. You know there was a new ball that was due just around the corner, and um, they were able to do some damage with the, the, that 10 overs leading into the new ball, which was where the game really changed. You know to take those three wickets in those first 10 overs before the new ball and have both Milan and Root both out, um, game was over then. Um, so. Really, really good cricket. I thought Nathan Lyon actually got the, re- the reward from having bowled nicely yesterday without getting any wickets. Finally got that 400 monkey off his back. Match! Yeah! Is that it? Is that the moment it is? Nathan Lyon, his 400th Test match wicket has been a long time coming. He's had to be patient. He's toiled, he's worked hard and let the celebrations begin. Great to see Josh get through his overs as well with a bit of an injury occurred over his head. And even Pat saying tonight that sounds like there was something there that he's been able to get through, which is good. So finishing the game today gives them another sort of day and a half off uh, off their feet, which is better prep for them going into Adelaide. So uh, so many good things coming out of the game. Alex Carey, eight catches. Travis had 150. Mm. Um, all the bowling group did well. I actually like Mitchell Stark's spell with the, the new ball today. He, he probably swung it more today than he did in the whole game. Really good signs there. So... Um, and not much, not much went wrong for the Australians at all this game, and, and England have obviously got plenty of work to do. And not much went wrong for Pat Cummins on his captaincy debut. I want to kind of ask about your general observations, just how he went tactically uh, in his first game. Yeah, what did you kind of make of his first test as skipper? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, oh, look, I'm not going to sit back and criticise anyone ever mm. with captaincy stuff because it's it's hard from off the field to sort of 
understand and work out what they actually might be trying to achieve. And it's, it's you can read it sometimes with fields and bowling changes, but it might be you might to actually come out and talk about that. You might be a long way off the mark. So, mm. um, you know, unless unless something is you know really glaringly wrong, it's not it's no good trying to pick to pieces tiny little things that they might have been able to do differently or do better. Because at the end of the day, you're not ever 100 percent sure what they are trying to do. But um, uh, there, there weren't too many, too many, even little things that, that Pat, even if he had his time over, would change, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I mean, that you talked about this morning being important with Milan and Root um, and Cameron Green. They kind of held off taking that second new ball and, and Cameron Green was bowling quite well. Do you think that was a, a good tactical move? It was only for a couple of overs, wasn't it, yeah. until they took the new ball. But um, he did have his tail up. Um, there wasn't just enough swing with that old ball as well, mm. and Nathan Lyon was bowling really well at the other end. So that Green Lyon partnership worked beautifully. They took those three wickets, as I said, leading into the the 80th over. So no, I had no problem with with hanging on for one more over each, um, just because they had bowled so well together. Green continues. Oh. Edged and gone. Beautiful delivery. Alex Carey did the work. And the other one I heard you mention on the broadcast, Rick, was having the bat pad for Darwin Milan and having a, maybe a more aggressive field for Nathan Lyon. Can you just kind of tell us what you, what you meant by that? Yeah, there were just a couple of occasions yesterday as well where I felt um, that they probably could have had a bit more pressure on, especially yeah. the left-hander. Joe Root played Nathan Lyon really well. He's a class player mm. of spin. Um, you could see Milan was wanting to try and dominate. He was trying to use his feet against Lyon, but eight, nine out of ten times, he actually wasn't quite getting to the pitch of the ball. Mm. And with the natural variation in those Brisbane pitches. One will turn, one will skid on. It brings both edges into play. That's why I like having these guys either side. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I talked about it just before that wicket, the wicket fell today, but um, I, I like the fact they'd left the sweep shot open. They, they wanted him to try and sweep off the stumps, bringing in LBW, mm. uh, and they started with extra pressure on at the start of the day's play, which I thought was, um, if it was line, if it was Pat, if it was someone else that had talked about doing that, I, think, I thought it was a fantastic way to start. And just finally on, on him, um, he's kind of spoken about having a, a maybe a more collaborative approach to, to captaincy given that he is a, a fast bowler and mm. things can be a bit different. How do you, I guess, generally see that playing out and how did you see that playing out in this test? Personally, I think he's got to be a little bit careful with it. Mm. I, and I actually spoke to him before the game about that exact thing. Mm. I think he needs to have a couple of guys that he's got 100% trust and faith in and just go to them only. He doesn't, he doesn't mm. need to have six, seven, eight different opinions coming in his direction because when everything's going well, that's fine. When things aren't going so well, the last thing you want is advice coming from everywhere. So, um, And he, he said that that's the way he was going to do it anyway, and he'd already had a few people that he'd spoken to um, and he wants to speak to on the field. So, mm. um, But it's his, you know, he's not done much captaincy ever in his life, so he's going, to want to, he's going to want to take in advice from his more senior players in the team. But as I said, if you can limit the numbers on that, the better off he's going to be. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, moving on to England, I, I guess their selection now for Adelaide... Um, you were critical of, of them leaving both Anderson and Broad out for this test. Do you think they both have to come back in now for the day-night test? Well, I, yeah, I can't see why they would have left mm. them out if they weren't just getting them prepped for ready for Adelaide. I mean, mm. it's still I'm still staggered to this point now. If, if Stuart Broad and James Anderson are not a better bowler in Australia than Chris Wokes, then I'm not here. Mm. I know I know Anderson's record in the Gab is not great, Um you know, Broad. I think he's taken twelve wickets there in three games or something at the Gabba. One of them, one of those two had to play. Mm. Robinson looked really good. Um, he's going to get some assistance in Adelaide as well. I think he'll probably stay in the side. So they have still got a, a bit of a decision to make because I like what Wood brings to the table as well. And we heard Joe Root tonight mm. post game saying they want real variation in their attack. So if they go with Robinson, Broad, and Anderson, and Stokes, they're all very similar. So they haven't got much variation at all. Mm. So. 
you know, that might that might bring Wood back into the equation. Um, so it might be that they're only going to play one of Broad or Anderson in Adelaide as well, because I thought Robinson, was, as I said, was very good up at the Gabba. Or I guess the other option there is to leave out Jack Leach. Yeah, play a spinner, yep. Yeah, so a little stat for you um, that you're probably aware of, but overseas spinners average nearly 80 um, bowling in pink ball tests at Adelaide. Um, Nathan Lyon, on the other hand, has quite a good record in those games. Does that kind of strengthen the case for maybe going with five quicks? Yeah, they might. Um, you just always feel that when you've got five quicks, someone just doesn't... But Well, actually, it might be because of Stokes' nickel as well. It might, that it might actually go that way and only play the, only use the four of them and, and maybe use uh, Root as their you know part-time spinner, hmm. especially with the left-handers that Australia have. So that, that is obviously an option. Um, Don Best has taken wickets in the in the Australia A game or England Lions game, so they might consider bringing him in as a swap for Leach if that's the case. But a lot of it might just depend on um, how Stokes pulls up between now and the start of the Adelaide game. Yeah, right. Um, did you see enough from England to suggest that they can make a real series of it? Um, no, I don't think I did, to be honest. Mm. Um, Rory Burns looked all at sea, you know, in both innings. Hamid fought hard, just looked to play more balls than he needed to for an opening batsman. I mean, Root, Milan and Root played well. Um, you know, Stokes wasn't at his best. Butler looked good in the first innings. But... If you think about the condi- the conditions are only going to get better almost for Australia. Like it, it, mm. those conditions were very Engl- English like up mm. at the Gabba. I know there was more pace and more bounce, but as far as the bowling's concerned, they're probably not going to get that much movement anywhere else in the entire um, series. So, look, I, I said it. It might be closer. I said that England will fire hard and push hard, but on the back of such a big win by the Australians in Brisbane, I think it's going to be you know unless they can. Unless they can win in Adelaide, then it could be a long, hard summer for them. That's interesting. I mean, a lot of a lot of the, I guess, pre-series um, prophecy was kind of about England, you know, being better suited to day-night test cricket potentially. There are now two day-night tests, as as you well know, and I'm, I'll ask you about Hobart in a minute. But you, you kind of don't think that that's really going to play into their hands in Adelaide. Well, we saw we saw them bowl really well on the last tour out here one night under lights in Adelaide and it just happened to fall everything fell perfectly into place Australia had to bat for like a session I think the lights were on brand new ball clear night clear and still we've mm. also been to Adelaide other times when the pink ball has done nothing under, and whether it's a new ball or not mm. it's just what happened, whatever the atmosphere is like on the night so look they might they might swing the ball there but if they don't and the Australian bowlers can get similar movement out of the Adelaide wicket because of the extra grass that they got in Brisbane. Then how are their batters going to get through as well? They're going to bat. They're going to bowl better in Adelaide, but mm. how are they going to bat? So um, let's wait and see. So must win test for England. Oh, England. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as you say, there's another pink ball test in Hobart. I, I know there's been A games down there. I reckon where they've used the pink ball. I don't think there's been any pink ball Sheffield Shield games in Hobart. So we won't have much sort of data to, to fetch or, or or look at there as far as movement and stuff's concerned. But mm. If they don't win in Adelaide, then it could be shades of 06, 07. Interesting. Um, I want to ask you about the Aussies as well. Uh, you've said Kawaja would be your preference if, if Warner is going to miss uh, the Adelaide test. Any other spots up for grabs? No, we'll see how uh, Josh pulls up. Yeah. Um, no, that's the, that's the only spot for mine is, you know, is, is Davey. He, yeah, he, he didn't sound... When we interviewed him this morning, he's apparently really, really sore. Mm. So... Once again, an extra... And if Australia had to chase 150, there's every chance he would have had to go out and open the batting today. So he's probably been lucky. He's got an extra bit of time rest and, and spell as well. Um, they're saying bruised ribs. If it's any more if it's any more than bruising might go down and go away and the soreness might be gone by 
probably needs to be by Wednesday because they'll, they'll probably want him to train at least once mm-hmm. going into the game. So if there's any more than just bruising, then I think he's highly unlikely for Adelaide. And um, and yeah, I'll stick by it. I know I know Street's got runs in the Australia A game today, and Maddinson got quick seventy. And but you got to find an opener, um, and probably in an Ashes series, you probably want to find an experienced guy. Um, and Kawaj is the obvious one for me. Um, you know, Matt Renshaw. I think Matt Renshaw has got the ability to play for Australia again mm-hmm. at some stage, and at the, at the top of the order somewhere. And I know he hasn't done it for Queensland the last couple of years. He's been down in the middle order there, but he's someone I think can actually do it. But um, if there's a, if Warner doesn't play, then I, I think Kawaj is the man. And, and then less concern from your end on Josh Hazelwood. You, you think that was pretty precautionary what we saw um, last night and this morning a little bit too. I mean, there's obviously something there because he would have bowled more yesterday if not. We heard Pat tonight say that they were just trying to nurse him through and see how he woke up and apparently woke up a bit better today than he might have been last night. But his pace was down a bit this afternoon. You would have noticed that on the, on the, on the screen. Um, so, yeah, once again, an extra day is going to do him the, the world a good as well. But they're not gonna, they won't risk someone like him. I mean, you, we know that if, if you... I think the stats are something like 99% of the time that you, you lose a fast bowler early in a game, you'd, you go on to lose the test match. So mm. if there's a chance of that happening, then I don't think they'll take that risk. Who's the next man in? Is it Jai? As simple as that? Yeah, I think so. Nice has taken five, hasn't he, in this, in this A game as well. But Richardson um, was obviously very close to playing this test from what we hear mm. instead of Stark. Um, in great form. Um, probably when things... When the ball's not swinging and seeming, I think I'd have him ahead of Nisa as far as an all-round bowling package is concerned. Mm-hmm. Nisa obviously thrives in swinging, seeming conditions that he gets at the Gabba, and we might get it some stage in, in Adelaide, but I still think Richardson gets the nod. We talk a little bit sometimes about having you know, you know the balance of an attack, and, and Joe Roach kind of talked about that. From an Aussie point of view, there's no, I guess, case to be made where Nisa is a more like-for-like replacement for Hazelwood. You, you just kind of see Jai as, as the next man in um, Next man in there. Yeah, yeah I, I do. Um, I mean, even if you look at the way Cam Green bowls, he could probably almost do a like to like for Green and Hazelwood, mm. can't he, with the, mm. the pace and the bounce that he gets. So maybe he just he maybe he bowls more in the next test. I, I actually think he's been. I know he's on bowling restrictions last summer, but I think he's a bit underused. What, mm. what I saw anytime he had the ball in his hand in Brisbane, something was happening. Mm. And even with the old ball, he got some swing late with the old ball. He, that's. You know, he bowls with a newer ball for WA. He's a noted swing bowler if he gets the opportunity with a slightly newer ball. So, yeah, I, I, going somewhere like Adelaide where there might be some movement, then I'll give him a bit more of a crack, I think. And, and you feel like as well, given the summer, you know, he's had a full summer where he's under some restrictions last year, you get the sense that, you know, now that he's, he's ready to shoulder a, a proper workload with the ball. Seems like it, yep. Um, I mean, when when needed. If the you know, if one of the the big boys is having an off day, then I think you just look at him now and think, you know, we can easily lock him in for 15 a day or 15 an innings, whatever it might be. I think last year was six six overs a day or something, wasn't it, that they, he was restricted to? But mm-hmm. that's hopefully gone. But, you know, speaking of JL, JL still talks about, the you know, wait till he fully grows into his body and his body lets him bowl the way that we know that he can bowl. So there might be some hesitation to get too much out of him, but he, he looks like a looks like a good prospect with a ball to me. Just finally, uh, we got the Hobart test confirmed. That must have brought a smile to your face today, Rick. Yeah, it did. I, I mean, I must. I've been, you know, quietly hoping for the last couple of weeks that it was it was going to eventuate. Um, you know, I, I thought it was probably going to be unlikely, just because mm. the bigger picture of the things with potentially another MCG test and another eighty thousand people there a day and everything that comes with playing Test match cricket here in in Melbourne. But it's just such a huge thing for the state. You know, it's a, it, to have one of the biggest sporting. Uh, contests in the world happening in Tasmania um, is fantastic, and you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll speak more about it the closer we get to it. But 
look, I, I know that Tasmania put on a great show. I, I, the facility down there now is is world class, and people will see that when they get a chance to see the Test match down there. Um, the pink ball is a bit of an unknown, mm. um, as far as certainly as far as Test cricket is concerned, anyway. But now it's time for all Tasmanians to to get behind it. And you know, we've been screaming out for AFL footy. We've been screaming out for big events like this to happen in. Um, our home state, and now it's happened. Um, get out there and buy your tickets, and make sure you flock out to watch. We'll meet, who knows? It could even be a deciding test match, and let's hope it is, because that would make, add even more to it, and I think make the spectacle and make the the want and will for people in Tasmania to get along with the game. We can uh, let our WA fans uh, tune out now, but do you want to make it a permanent <laughs> fixture? <laughs> uh, let's see how the test match goes. I mean, that's why I think it's so important that they do support it. Yep. Um, um, there's only way that there's only one way that Tasmania are going to get more and more bigger, better teams coming to play in Tasmania and that's if we can prove that we love Test Match Cricket and that we want to go out and support Test Match Cricket and the opportunities here and now. Look forward to it. Thanks Rick. Cheers mate.